0: The following audio content is a talk given at The Inn, a college ministry of University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website, theinnseattle.org. Last week we started a a new series here at the Summer Inn called Summer Lovin'. And yeah, pretty sweet. And what it is is really a four-part series looking at different types of relationships, specifically four types that we see in Scripture. And it's kind of loosely based on a book by C.S. Lewis called The Four Loves. If you've read it, you know how good it is. If you haven't read it, I encourage you to take a look because it's pretty incredible. And uh, last week, Chris Tsort got us started off by looking at Phileo, which is the friendship love. And tonight, I get to continue the conversation with Eros, the romantic love or the erotic love. So, uh, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm kind of nervous because... There's a level of vulnerability in in having an honest conversation around this topic, so hopefully you guys don't mind. I'm going to share some stuff, and hopefully, mostly, my wife doesn't mind. So, (laughs) Um, But uh, honestly, I think think this is a conversation that um, is a good one to have. It's important to have, especially in, I think, a church context, because it seems like, at least my perception of it is, that it's kind of a taboo subject. Um, Romantic love and all that stuff that comes with it, specifically sex is something i think people get a little uncomfortable about especially in church because they're not sure if the person they're talking to is actually like someone who's really judgmental like oh, blah, blah, or if there's someone who's like it's cool man so um my hope for tonight is simply that we can just relax a little bit and um honestly just engage this and it's not i think part of our part of our upbringing we're conditioned a little bit to take this subject super seriously because, especially I think in the church, I grew up going to Sunday school, like, any conversation around sex had to be taken seriously, otherwise you were just being a dirty little pervert. So, like, there's a level of, it's okay to laugh at this. And I wanna, I wanna just give everyone in this room permission tonight that it's okay to smile, it's okay to laugh a little bit, and I think it's actually better than taking it too seriously. Um, We're not going to focus just on sex, but it is a part of the conversation. And I really like what C.S. Lewis says in in the chapter of his book when he's talking about this. And I I want to read you this quote because I think it's important. And he says, It's not for nothing that every language and literature in the world is full of jokes about sex. Many of them may be dull or disgusting, and nearly all of them are old. But we must insist that they embody an attitude to Venus, or sexuality, which in the long run endangers the Christian life far less than a reverential gravity, we must not attempt to find an absolute in the flesh. Banish play and laughter from the bed of love and you may let in a false goddess. And I think that's a good thought because like I said, I think we're told this needs to be a super serious conversation. And what that does is elevate sex to a place of you can't really you can't poke holes in it or you can't poke fun at it because it's it's this thing that you don't mess with and it's put on this pedestal and said this is special more than anything else. And I think what we need to do is and this is a sermon that was preached here actually not too long ago. Um, that I think was really good, is, is we need to be willing to take it off that pedestal, put it back on the shelf of everything else in this human experience, and be willing to talk about it, laugh about it, cry about it, and experience it like, along with everything else. So my hope is that we can do that a little bit tonight and just relax. So like I said, if something I say is funny to you, don't feel afraid to laugh. No one's going to judge you for being immature. I laughed a ton preparing for tonight, and maybe I am immature, but it's kind of funny to me. So... I want to start by just telling you a story uh, and, and let you into my uh, lens, my, my point of view for tonight. I was in Tajikistan in 2010, and that is a Central Asian country. If you don't know where it is, you've never heard of it, don't worry about it. There's nothing there worth noting. Um, <laughs> but I was there and I was with a group of students from all over the country, and we were studying Farsi and I was one of the only students in the group who was in any kind of a serious uh, dating relationship at the time. And so naturally a lot of people were curious and when they found out they wanted to ask me all about it. And um, when they found out that I was really serious about it, that I at this point in the relationship was confident that this was the girl I wanted to marry, a lot of people had reactions to that and most of them were very negative um a lot of people had opinions on my relationship and they had no idea who the person i was in a relationship even was it was kind of funny they all seemed to know exactly what i needed to do without even having met the person i was in this relationship with but i remember one conversation in particular i had i was sitting at dinner with this guy and the usual conversation you know so you really think you're ready and i was kind of like you know i i guess i'm as ready as i will ever be and he said well have you had sex yet and i was like no we're gonna wait for marriage which we did and he goes, well, what if the sex is bad? And like that was the main concern for him. Like my decision to get married was was this is the main pitfall, this is the risk you're taking, bro. Like you might not have good sex ever, and like that is so bad, and you're screwed forever. And I was kind of just like, I was just sitting there, and I was like, you know what, man? I think if the sex is bad, uh, we'll work on it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up kind of with this, with this understanding of sex as something that is good and that was given to us by God as a gift and it's something to be enjoyed in the right context and I never was told that it's something that really held a relationship together. I was never brought up to believe that sex was the glue of a relationship or that it should be the glue of a relationship because honestly now that I've experienced it myself, it, it doesn't stand up. It wouldn't be strong enough to hold a relationship together and I was glad that I was brought up that way because I was able to kind of hear that question and kind of shake it off, like that doesn't really concern me, to be honest. But I I share that with you because tonight as I was preparing to talk about romantic relationships, I think it's important to understand where our culture comes from and what we're brought up to believe about them and what I think um, real experience tells us about them. I think our culture would have us believe that romantic relationships, that eros, really are about the physical component. That the sex in a relationship is the best and most important part of a romantic relationship. And I think my question to that assumption is simply, is there not more to it than that? Is there not more to us than our sexuality? Is that really the best thing that we have to offer another person is simply our sexuality? And I think the obvious answer to that question is yes, there's more to it than that, and that you have more to offer than that. And if you don't believe that, let me tell you, you do. You have much more to offer someone than just your body and your physicality, your sexuality. Okay, and I think relationships have a lot more to them than that. My experience with with eros, with romantic relationship, which I am I'm married now and it's been almost a year, so I'm not I'm not an expert, but I, I have some experience with this, and so understand that. Um, my experience with this has led me to a place of thinking that the physical connection between two lovers is merely the surface of the relationship. It's an expression of something that is running much deeper in the relationship, okay? So when we're talking about Eros, when we're talking about being in love with someone, we're talking about connections that are much deeper and much better than a physical connection. And I think true Eros, what what it's really about is really about being known and knowing someone at the deepest level, to the very core of who you are and who they are. And that's the idea I wanna talk about tonight. It's probably not an idea that's brand new to you. you probably heard a lot of what I'm going to say tonight, but I think I'm hoping my experience might shed some new light on it. Maybe you've heard this talk from older people a lot, people who are 40 and telling you, you know, here's, here's what you really need to know. And it's really easy to brush that off and kind of be like, well, you don't really know what I'm going through. But I'm a younger guy, and maybe that will shed a different light on it for you. So my hope is just to kind of share my experience with it, and that's what I'm hoping for tonight. Before we get into it, though, I'm going to pray. Because I know I need it, and I'm assuming everyone in this room does. So, pray with me. God, thank you for tonight, and thank you for the opportunity to be here. Thanks for bringing everyone here safely, and for the um, the reality that we we are beings who who appreciate romance, who who love one another, God, and who desire one another um, in a way that um, goes to the deepest parts of us, God. That we are we are made to appreciate. Um, someone in that way and, and that that experience is one that can be life giving and can be fulfilling God and that um, we we get to enjoy that with someone else and so I pray tonight as we talk about this this love, this relationship this type of of relationship God that you would um, reveal yourself to us in ways that we never thought, in ways that maybe we were um, unsure if you even if you even um, operated God and that we would be able to just honestly reflect on on where we are in this God, so be with us tonight in the name I pray. Amen. Um, okay, so I kind of want to dive in. But before we before we get into the text tonight, I wanna there's a little tidbit about this that's kinda interesting. Eros of the four loves in this series is actually the one type that's never mentioned explicitly in scripture. The word Eros does not appear in the Bible. But there are examples of it in scripture, and that's what we're gonna look at tonight. We're gonna look at a book called Song of Solomon, which I think most of you have probably heard of if you've ever read a Bible or look some through it. It's kind of the book, at least in my experience when I was in junior high, that you turn to to laugh and kind of giggle about because it talks about boobs and things like that. So um, it's kind of a book I think that people don't take that seriously or they they're afraid to really dig into it because it talks about sex. So um, I want to look at it but it's important to note that this book is written in a poetic style and so it's not a book that you can look at and go well this is exactly what they're talking about and this is exactly the reference they're making because poetry is not like that poetry is interpreted by the reader and so we're gonna look at it tonight but it's important to understand that it's poetic and I'm really all I'm gonna do is tell you what I think I see in it and if you agree or disagree that's fine I'm not trying to tell you this is the absolute truth but this is what I see the other important thing about poetry is that it's supposed to be read expressively right I mean it conveys emotion and so rather than me just standing up here and trying to do that and looking like an idiot we're gonna have a group read everyone's gonna read okay So there's two parts in this. Well, there's actually three, but there's gonna be two parts we see tonight There's a man and there's a woman and this is a poem a love poem between them And it's really imagine you're trying to convince this person who you love Imagine someone you actually are in love with or maybe want to be in love with you're trying to convince them how you feel about them Right. That's the emotion. You need to read this with tonight. Okay, so guys You're gonna read the man right pretty simple and girls. You're gonna read the woman and We're gonna go through this, and then we're gonna talk about it, all right? So there's some lines in here that might feel a little weird. Just read them out loud, express it, and we'll get through it, all right? So go ahead and put it up. All right, starting with the guys. You are so beautiful, my darling, so beautiful, and your dove eyes are veiled by your hair as it flows and shimmers like a flock of goats in the distance streaming down a hillside in the sunshine your smile is generous and full expressive and strong and clean your lips are jewel red your mouth elegant and inviting your veiled cheeks soft and radiant the smooth lithe lines of your neck command notice all heads turn in awe and admiration Your breasts are like fawns, twins of a gazelle, grazing among the first spring flowers. The sweet, fragrant curves of your body, the soft, spiced contours of your flesh, invite me and I come. I stay until dawn breathes its light and night slips away. You're beautiful from head to toe, my dear love. Beautiful beyond compare, absolutely flawless. You've captured my heart, dear friend. You looked at me, and I fell in love. One look my way, and I was hopelessly in love. Dear lover and friend, you're a secret garden, a private and pure fountain. Body and soul, you are paradise. All right, ladies, your turn. I'm not going to read this one, so you've got to lead yourself. My dear. <laughs> Job. Give yourselves a hand. You did it. Okay. So, as you can see, there's there's a lot going on here, and yes, it's kind of funny, but there's also a lot of, of really good stuff in here, and I and I really want to take a look. Um, what I what I want to do is is really just kind of juxtapose what I think um, popular thought is around romantic relationships with what we see in this scripture. So. Like I said earlier, I think the main thing culture values in romantic relationships is the physical piece, the sex. And that's really, I mean, maybe there's more to it. I'm not trying to make anybody sound dumb or generalize too much. But I think that's really what I pay attention to. When I pay attention to culture, music, movies, songs, that's the thing that I draw from. That's the message I get is it's all about the sex. For this, I think there's more to it than that. So I'm going to go through this and kind of just tell you what I see. And and like I said, you might see something else. But... Um, we can talk about that at a different time, hopefully, so the first thing I see is is this it 's definitely a physical um, appreciation. We notice that right when the man is speaking he's he's appreciating this woman's beauty right he 's talking about her hair it 's like a flock of goats i don 't know exactly what that means, but I'm assuming she 's got nice hair right <laughs> Her smile is generous and full her you know her cheeks her her chest um the fragrant curves of her body, everything about her. He is, he is very into this girl. Basically what he's saying is, you are freaking hot, and I like it. And same with her. She is all about him. She's talking about how he's this, uh, glows with health. He's one in a million. He's got black hair. His face is rugged, and his beard smells like sage. Uh, he's a tall cedar of a man, a rugged mountain of a man. He, he's a good-looking dude himself, and she is down on it, Okay. So there is this, there's definitely this, this physical piece to this relationship and an appreciation of it and I think that's good. And I don't want to make it sound like I don't want the physical piece to be emphasized because there is definitely an element of physicality to a healthy relationship and I'm not trying to downplay that. That's very important. Okay? And it's something I think we should enjoy and should appreciate about the person who we are in love with. Okay? So hear that. This is good. And I, I think that that's something I definitely experience in my own relationship, is an appreciation of the beauty of my wife, and I think it's a good thing. The second thing that I notice in this in this poem is, is an emotional intimacy, okay? Um, there's a line in here, the guy's read, and it says this, You've captured my heart, dear friend. You looked at me and I fell in love. One look my way and I was hopelessly in love. And I think this is a really vulnerable statement for this guy to make. I mean, if you can imagine making this to someone, telling someone that you are madly in love with them, that you are indeed hopelessly in love with them, like, does that not make you kind of, your heart race a little bit, the thought of saying that to someone? There's an emotional intimacy, there's a vulnerability there that I think is important to notice, and I think doesn't get played up as much in popular culture as the physical piece, but it's definitely an important component to a relationship. Being willing to be honest with someone about how you're feeling, not necessarily just about them. I mean, it's important if you're, if you're trying to build that kind of relationship with someone to be able to tell them how you feel about them. You can't just assume they know based on your actions, but it's just a general emotional intimacy of vulnerability with how you're doing regardless of, of the situation. He's not afraid to express to her how he feels, and I think we didn't, we didn't really like read the whole poem but she's not afraid to express to him either in this poem and that's important. The third thing i noticed and this this is easy to miss but i think it's it's important if not more important than the other two. And there's a line it's again it's in the guy's text and i'm not i'm i'm reading more from the guy's text here than the woman's but like i said there's definitely these components exist in both sides so i encourage you to read this whole poem it's only 8 chapters we read a very abridged version of it you can get through it easily but the third thing that I think stands out to me, the third kind of connection, we have a physical and an emotional. The, the guy says this. He says, Dear lover and friend, you're a secret garden, a private and pure fountain. Body and soul, you are paradise. The soul is the thing that really stands out to me here. Because the soul is, is really hard to define. But I think for tonight, let's, let's assume that the soul is it is what makes you who you are. It is the thing that it's just it is you you can't really describe it other than that it's just who you are right and your, your soul maybe to think of it this way is your story your soul who you are is kind of an amalgam and a, and a collection the net result of your experience in life up to this point all of these experiences you've had have made you who you are and because of that it's not something that anyone can change Your soul is the experiences you've had, and we can't go back and change those experiences, right? So for this man to express to this woman that her soul is paradise is essentially, I think, him saying to her, who you are, your very nature, your very being is paradise to me. That is what I desire. That is what I delight in. And that is a really difficult place to understand or to get to unless you really have met someone like that um i'm going to call it a spiritual connection okay and i'm not calling it spiritual because it's a religious thing or they share some kind of faith i'm calling it spirit because our soul is not it's not a physical thing all right there's not like a part in our body that our soul is contained and it's not like a substance that you can extract like the soul is it's there but you don't like it's not like a substance it's not physical and it's not even necessarily something we can express in words right i mean who this person is, you know, it's like, who are you? Tell me who you are. Like, there's no way any word is going to fully express to, to me or to you who I am or who you are, right? It's not even something you can fully put into words, but it is there. And when you meet that person who you fall in love with, when you meet that person for the first time, and you you feel this, and people ask you, well, what is it? What is it about this person that you like so much? And you, you try to describe it, right? Well, uh she, she's pretty and... Scott, good funny humor and uh and you just sound like an idiot and you're like i cannot do this i cannot tell you exactly what it is about them but it's just them they i just like them it's who they are right i think this is this is the level at which we encounter true eros, a true romantic relationship okay the physical piece the emotional piece they're important the the third piece i'm talking about here the spiritual piece is where You really become all about that person. Okay? It's the point at which you desire not simply anything they can give you or do for you or anything, any kind of action. It's just their presence is what you desire. Okay? So there's these three levels to it. And originally, I wanted to kind of paint a picture where I compared them and I ranked them and I said, you know, this piece is more important than this piece and this piece builds on this piece. But really, I think the reality is that a true romantic relationship, Eros, is really it's a com- combination of these three elements. And they play together and they live together. They kind of build one another up in different ways. And and so rather than trying to explain to you or convince you, you need to do this first and this first and that first, I really just, I wanna tell you the way that I've experienced these. And, and maybe that'll shed some light on what pieces of, of relationship really are important. Um, again, there might be more to a relationship than this, but these are the three areas that I, I really noticed and that I've experienced myself. and. The first is the physical connection, like I said. And for me, the physical connection is important, okay? Um, let's just real talk for a second. Sex is pretty cool. Uh, but physical intimacy in, in, of any kind is, is good. And it feels great, let's be honest. I mean, that's why we're always trying to get some, right? I mean, like, <laughs> that, there's just a reality to it. And we don't need to, like, downplay that or sugarcoat it, okay? Physical intimacy feels good. But... When we're talking about eros we're talking about knowing and being known on this level when i feel known kind of at this physical level when i feel like captain understands what i desire and what what i need and what i want it's it's awesome when i feel like i don't even really need to you know explain it it just kind of is understood that's a great feeling and when similarly when you when you know someone at this level when someone has allowed you to know them physically and you feel like you understand what they want and what they need and you're able to meet those needs, that's, that's a good feeling too. That's a, everyone I think wants to be competent in, a physic, in the physical aspect of their relationship with someone. No one wants to feel like they don't, they can't meet the needs of their lover. And I think that's a desire and that's something that gets played up a lot, especially I think in society of like, are you a good lover or not? And I think it's important, but it's not something to feel bad about. It's something that you learn. But it does feel good when you're able to do it. When you're able to meet someone's needs. And to be honest, it's not always easy. It's not always something that's just going to click. Learning someone, learning to understand someone on a physical level takes time. So have some grace with yourself. Because it will be a little while before you fully understand them in this way. Emotionally, um, when I feel known, I feel like I can relax. Um, when I feel like someone understands where I'm coming from on an emotional level, I can stop putting on my mask, I can let my guard down and I can just be me. And that's a really good feeling. (laughs) When I don't have to go home and pretend anymore, when I can just kind of say, you know what, I had a bad day. And Catherine is able to look at me and say, okay. And she gets it and she understands it and she validates it and says, I'm here for you. And even if you're mad at me, even if you're mad at the world, like I'm here for you. And that's an amazing feeling. And that's one that I think I never would have guessed, but would almost... I think feels as good or better than any physical connection you can have with someone when someone is able to just look at you and say i have your back in this you're feeling this way i'm with you that is an amazing amazing feeling at least as i have experienced it um and i think everyone knows everyone has relationships in their life where they where they feel like they can't be themselves you feel like i gotta be a mask i gotta put a mask on when i'm around this person i can't really let them in and you know how exhausting that is and I think it's the relationships where we know we can take that mask off and we can let that guard down. Those are, where the those are the relationships we go to when we need rest and where we feel most comfortable. And that's the kind of relationship, that's the kind of emotional connection I think exists in a true, truly Eros style of, of relationship. And it's cool for me when I feel like I can know Catherine on this emotional level because it's, it's, it's an exclusiveness. It's a level at which not everyone gets to know her and that's something i appreciate personally when i feel like you know she lets me in in a way that no one else gets to go in and honestly if someone if if there was this kind of not exclu- if there wasn't this exclusiveness there it would feel a little weird it would feel like why are you why are you letting someone else in on this level and not me and so when there's this emotional connectivity and there's this emotional exclusiveness it it feels it feels like you're connecting with this person in a very special way i'll also say that an emotional level when you connect on an emotional level the the physical connection you experience is much stronger and what that means simply is that when you're connecting on an emotional level the sex is much better <laughs> um, and on the other hand it's it works the other way if you're trying to connect physically and you don't have the emotional piece there it's gonna feel weird at least as I've experienced it it feels empty it feels awkward it feels like this isn't what I thought it would be this isn't at all what I would hoped it would be and that happens The third level, the spiritual level, um, meaning the soul. Um, when, you are, when, when I feel known there, feeling known at a spiritual level, that is... Un, it's really, truly indescribable in a way. Because when you feel known for who you are, when you feel like someone understands exactly who you are, where you're coming from, and they are willing to say, I love that. I Your soul is what I want. Your presence is simply what I want. Not anything you can do for me or not any... Not any, any way you act, but simply just you. When, when you feel known at that level and you feel validated at that level, it's, it's freeing. It's more than freeing. And it's similar to the emotional level, but I think it goes even a step further. Because when you feel known at a spiritual level, it gives, for me it gives me a sense of confidence. When I know that Catherine understands me, even in the, the deepest, darkest places of who I am, and understands my brokenness and my crap, and is willing to say, I still love you and I'm still with you, I feel like, oh, maybe there is something here that's good. Maybe there is something here worthwhile. And it gives you a sense of like, okay, I'm not totally worthless. I'm not, I'm not this just ugly broken piece of crap. And it's a really good feeling, to be honest. And I think when you know someone at that level, when you really get to see someone for who they are and understand them at the very core, it allows you to see past all the crap, all the stuff that would annoy you normally, the things that honestly still do annoy you a little bit (laughs) but that really don't matter as much as 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 who they are because who they are is much more important to you and that's that's the beauty of knowing and being known on a spiritual level and I know I said I wasn't gonna rank these things but to me this is the level at which relationships are decided this is the level of connection that I think a true eros, a true romantic relationship needs to have in order to succeed because if you if you have the physical connection and even the emotional connection, that's great. But if you can't come to a place of appreciating someone for who they really are, I really don't, I really don't know that the relationship is, is going to be a good idea. <laughs> and that's my experience with it, okay? Um, I think a lot of people have this idea that you know they'll be able to change this person that they go into a relationship with. But the reality is, like I said, the soul is what it is because of past experiences and you can't change that. You can affect it, I think from the future from this point on, you can affect that soul and try to make it better, but you can 't expect them to change so this is the level I think at which eros is really really experienced when you when you find a connection at the at the soul at the spiritual level so I mean that 's kind of my take on what I see in scripture and what i 've experienced in terms of eros and I think it's, it might make sense, it might not. And honestly, I don't know how to make it make sense. <laughs> but it's something that when you, when you step into it, when you find yourself in a situation, it will make sense. And I, I used to sit, my brother and I, we, my brother's a couple years older than me, and he had a girlfriend for a long time, and they got married. But when they were still kind of dating, we would be hanging out, like just playing Xbox or something, and he would pause the game to call his girlfriend and just to be like, Hey, just want to say I love you. And I would just be like, Oh my gosh. You are the biggest idiot. You're the biggest loser ever. And I would just make fun of him constantly for it. And I was like, I will never be like that. I will never do something like that. I will never use smiley faces in my texts. I will never I will never do any of this stuff. And then all of a sudden I was in a relationship with someone who I felt that way about and I did all those things. So the reality is like you 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 can't really understand what makes that tick until you're there. But It is something that I think is important to understand before you get there, as much as it might be difficult to understand. And there's a lot more to be said on this topic. I, I, preparing for this, I went a thousand different ways, trying to figure out what to say. And what you got tonight was kind of a windy path through all that. But there's a lot more to be said. There's a lot more room here to to dialogue. But I hope at least this has given you maybe a bit of an understanding of what what it's been like for one person. And, and, And you get to see a little bit in insight into that. And to be honest, this this relationship, my experience with Eros has been good, and I know that's not the case for everybody. And so, um, one of the things that we didn't read tonight in the text that I thought was really interesting is there's actually a warning in this text three times. The woman in this text warns the other women she's around, saying, "Don't don't get into this. Basically, basically don't get into this until you're ready. Don't stir up love until you're ready for it." And I was really intrigued by that. It was kind of like, why would she say that? Because it seems like she's super into it. And she's like, this is the best thing ever. And usually when it's the best thing ever, you want everyone to, to see it and to experience it too. But she was very much, uh, you know, very clear on, hey, don't get into this before you're ready. And I think there's something to be said for that. As much as the experience can be good in life giving, it can be really difficult. And there's a lot of risk involved with this. And so my encouragement to you is, yes, I mean, if you, if you find that you are in this place with someone, Go for it. I don't know, there's not really much else to say. But if, you, if you're if you not there, it's not something you wanna dabble in or just kinda of try out because it does, there's a lot of risk and there's a lot of vulnerability to be to be had in this kind of relationship. And so it can be very hard and can be very hurtful. So just know that. I'm not saying either way what you should or shouldn't do, but just understand that there is, there is a level of risk here and it can be hard. Before we finish, um, I wanna give you a few questions to kinda of dialogue with on this. Um, I know i probably left a lot out but um in small groups around i just want to ask you these two questions and let you kind of discuss them um of the three levels of connection that we kind of talked about physical emotional spiritual which of those do you think is the most important in a a romantic relationship what what do you see as being uh for you personally and be honest with this like what are the things that you value i told you what i think but that's not necessarily what everybody thinks and why do you think that level of of connection is important how do you see them play together Second question is this, what are the benefits and risks associated with letting someone know you on these levels? What do you think is the, is the, the good side of this and what do you think are the risks associated with this? Because there are both. So just take a few minutes and talk about these together and we'll, we'll have Ben come up in a few minutes and close us out.